0: This is Cruise Radio Rewind. <laughs> real reviews from real cruisers. Welcome to this weekend's episode of Cruise Radio Rewind. My name is Doug Parker. A dreary weekend here in Jacksonville this weekend, but only a couple of days away from fall. That's on the uh, 22nd, I believe. So finally going to get some of that 60-degree weather here in Jacksonville. Been a, it's been a minute since we've gotten some nice, cool weather. So if you have cold weather, push it our way, Please. David Crisso joins us on the program today. He's an embarkation agent at the Tri-City Cruise Terminal. So we're talking about Brooklyn, Manhattan, and Cape Liberty. He joins us on the program to give us a peek behind the curtain and see what a day in his life is like. How are you doing, David? Doing great, Doug. I want to come right out of the gate and ask you, what advice would you have for the cruise lines in the age of social distancing when it comes to cruise embarkation? Because you've been doing this for years, so you've seen a lot of the patterns and everything. What would you say? Well,
1: during these trying times, I would advise the cruise lines to tell the guests to arrive around noon time, not so early around ten, because then everyone tries to get there, thinking, "Oh, we're going to be the first one on board." Not so fast, you know. If you want to, if you want to control the crowd and not have a crowd buildup, which the CDC is not so in favor of at this point. Might as well break it up and you know, allow people to to come in loosely, not in one massive crowd.
0: Yeah, and that totally makes sense. You work in the Tri-City area, so Brooklyn, Manhattan, and what is it, Cape Liberty, or Bayonne, I guess they call it, New Jersey. What's the favorite part of your job working up there?
1: I've always enjoyed uh, just blending in with the guests and just being happy with them. You know, They're going on vacation for a week, nine, ten days. And and just being part of that vacation, just being part of the moment. And uh, if they ever have any questions about onboard matters, I do my very best to help them out. And and sometimes they even ask me even challenger question challenging questions on who's the captain on board, what's the show on board, what's the cover band on board. If I'm lucky, if I know any of that information, I'm happy to share it with them. So it's just gonna just join in with them and and ha- and have fun with them because they're having a good time that day.
0: Let's flip the coin now. What's the thing that really gets cruisers hot under the collar and gets them really aggravated?
1: I've dealt with these people every other week. They are hot under the collar when they they have a cabin that they didn't that they know they didn't request or they're not so happy with the fact that their room is not handicap accessible, or it's not family accommodating. One of those matters that you you try to fix it, you try to address it from a check-in counter standpoint, but you can only do so much and you can only go so far. There was one time in Miami, I was working with MSC, and I had this couple that, the husband got in my face and he was almost to the point he was threatening me that he wanted me to change it now he wanted to change the room now he wanted to really he was trying to like i was going to get it done i could not promise him anything so i immediately went to my supervisor i didn't want to try to say anything that i could not come through on so The uh, supervisors, they took care of them. They upgraded them to a suite, and we got them on board. Tragedy averted.
0: If you personally were booking a cruise just on the terminal itself and how well it functions, which one would you choose and why?
1: I would prefer the Bayonne Terminal, Cape Liberty, because it's just 20 minutes away from Newark Airport. It's right off the Jersey Turnpike and Interstate 78, it's much direct as opposed to going to New York city and trying to brave the traffic in, in and out of the Lincoln tunnel or the or the George Washington bridge, the gridlock that could happen at any time. Uh, it Or even if you're going to Brooklyn, there's a lot of traffic uh, in, at times. So Bayonne is the easiest one to get to. And just like Brooklyn, it's a one ship port, but it's much more fluid to get to that terminal as opposed to the other two.
0: That's a good point. And come to think of it, every time I've sailed from New Jersey, I've always flown into Newark, even though sometimes LaGuardia is half the price. I know you work for a bunch of different cruise lines. Do people automatically assume you're a cruise line employee for the cruise ship you're embarking guests on?
1: Yes, there's always a misconception. The, cruise, the, the cruisers always think that we're with the cruise line, but we represent the cruise lines themselves. So we have to act as, as an extension of the onboard family. So we have to be on the same page as the onboard staff. So when the guest service manager comes off the ship and the administration comes off the ship to assist us, we also have to work in, in unison with them. So we have to, we're an extension of them.
0: There's a good half a dozen cruise lines that sail out of the three areas. I mean MSC, Disney, Carnival, Royal Caribbean. Do you have a different like cruise line name badge for each like say you're working a Carnival ship, we throw on your Carnival badge and then you're working a Disney ship, you throw on a Disney badge?
1: Oh yes, I have my Royal Caribbean name pins, my Celebrity name pin, I have my Carnival name pin, not my Norwegian pins which I've worked which I've uh, worn in Miami and in, in New Orleans. I make sure I—that's I, the first thing that goes in my suitcase. With every cruise line that I worked with, you have to be understanding of the types of the types of guests that they handle. You know, Princess, you're going to have guests who are elderly uh, at some point at some point in the year. Uh, you're going to have Royal Caribbean at all times of the year. You're going to have families. Disney, you're going to have families the whole time. Uh, Carnival, you're going to have everybody, just like like Royal and Celebrity. Even Norwegian, you're going to have a lot of families, and you're going to have a lot of honeymoon couples. So you have to be ready for whoever you're going to have at the counter.
0: From a technical standpoint, with all the different cruise lines, and you're checking in people from all these different lines, does that mean... You're going to have to learn a new check-in system for every single cruise line?
1: Oh, yes. I've not worked with Royal Caribbean in a while, but they just changed their check-in system. It's called Excalibur, which comes with facial recognition, making the check-in process even easier. I've worked with uh, Norwegian's check-in system, Oceania, and Regent. They all share the same check-in kind of system called uh, Fidelio. But once you know one system and another, it's it's second nature, Doug.
0: A lot of the cruise lines want you to do ma- a majority of the check-in before you get to the pier. As an embarkation agent, does that make your job easier? I mean, I'm sure we'll be expecting even more of that when cruising resumes.
1: Actually, it makes it a lot easier. But it's always best for the guests to do online check-in. But however, there are some... There are some times where the online check-in doesn't always work. Uh, there's, they, they may run into a technical, a little technical snag when they're doing their online check-in. So they may leave out their onboard charge information, or they may leave out their security picture that they had to upload. So we would have to kind of finish the job for them later.
0: How important is it that we actually check in before we get to the cruise port, though? Because I know my early days of cruising, I was a mess. I would sometimes leave my embarkation paperwork on the plane or sitting on the printer. How important is that to do everything in advance?
1: It's best to make sure that you are prepared when you leave the house. Uh, Preparation goes a long way in in the cruising industry, especially if you're the guest. You want to make sure you have your cruise tickets with you. Have that packed in a... In a, in a place in near on, it's easy accessible. And have your passports with that. And have everything that's regarding your cruise in an easy-to-reach place. That way you're not forgetting anything. A lot of cruise lines are now using their cruise ticket paperwork as a form of entry onto the ship, as opposed to getting your key cards in the terminal. Mm-hmm. A lot of cruise lines are switching to the system of getting your key cards at your room rather than having to wait for your cards to be printed in the terminal in case your cards are not ready. So it's easier to get checked in and then use your ticket paperwork to get on than having to wait for your key for your key cards to be issued.
0: So the cruise ship docks, what's the point person between the cruise ship and the embarkation? Like, I know it's not the captain.
1: The guest service manager and okay. the uh is in charge of making sure that everyone gets on and off the ship safely. The hotel director oversees the guest service manager. He or she oversees all the dining, oversees craft services, and everything else above that. So uh, so the hotel director, guest services, and also along with the shore check-in, everybody's gotta work together.
0: How about when it comes to printing? You know, back when they would give the cards at embarkation, does the terminal do that? Does the cruise ship do they print the cards back at home office and FedEx them to the terminal? How does that work?
1: They're printed out on board the ship because they are, you know, they're collated along with the key with the staterooms, and once they're all printed out the night before, then they're sent aside, sent ashore into the terminal. And then the shore staff. We sort them out according to whether they're VIPs, whether they are high-ranking members of a of a loyalty program, or if they're regular guests. We have to separate them properly. Uh, that way, the, that way, the, that those guests get to the right areas of the terminal.
0: See, that's something that I did not know. Like now that you say that, it makes sense because. I'm one who have, I've lost my key card many a times because I take it to the gym and then, you know, I leave it on the treadmill and then it's gone. When I go back, i go to my stateroom like, oh crap, walk back upstairs and it's not there. And they can print you one on the spot. It never occurred to me that they actually can print those in batch. You taught me something there, man. Are there any misconceptions about what goes on at the cruise terminal you'd like to clear up for people? Two things actually, Doug. Uh,
1: First off, when guests, do have items confiscated when they go through security okay the cruise lines have a whole variety of items that they list on their website as to what they allow to pack and not pack in their luggage and it could be a whole mass of things a lot of guests they'll bring blenders they'll bring corkscrews for their wine bottles. They can't bring those. But there's always the question, how do you get your items back? Some ships, the security staff on board, they will give the items back to you when you leave the vessel. Other times, the items are held back at the cruise terminal and you retrieve the items before you leave the building.
0: And what's the second misconception?
1: The other item, the other issue is regarding the self-assist program when, when, get, when the ship ties up, when the cruise is over. A lot of guests still think that the self-assist program, or the express walk-off, as they used to call it, guests, I don't know where they're getting the information, but they think that the self-assist program means you put your bags outside your stateroom, and then when you get into the luggage hall, you pick your bags up on the fly, and you're out. No, mm-hmm. that does not happen. It doesn't happen that way. When you're a self-assist, you have to hold on to all your luggage, including carry-on. You're responsible for handling all your luggage without assistance by the terminal staff or even the longshoremen. And so you hang on to all your luggage and then when they make the announcement that the self-assist is about to begin, you will go to the gangway you'll go to the gangway area on the main deck and make sure you have your key card out. All with your passports, you proceed off the ship, go through customs, pass through, no problem. Uh, so, to clear things up, if you're going to do a self- assist, you have to have all your luggage with you.
0: And speaking of luggage, David, let's take us behind the scenes with the whole luggage situation and process how that works at the cruise terminal because it's, it's it's fascinating to me. So. I pull up to the terminal, the porter checks my bag, I give him a tip, he puts exactly. the bag in a crate. What happens from there?
1: Okay, they put those bags into those rolling cradles. Then, the next thing they do is once those once those cradles are full to the brim, they're brought inside the terminal and they're brought into a staging into a staging area. All the all the luggage is separated According to what area of the ship that the bat that the stateroom is in, if it's in forward your bat your baggage tag says f w d if if you're midship your tag would say m i d and or if you're somewhere towards the stern, your baggage tag will say a f t so that's how they separate the bags according to what area of the ship your room is in. Once the bags are are screened and x-rayed and then they're resorted according to what deck they go to once they are on board, that's when the ship staff starts calling
0: through them as to what stateroom they belong to on what decks. Okay, so... It takes a couple of hours. Yeah. I was going to say, though, does it matter what time you arrive at the terminal? Like, if I arrived at 11 a.m. and checked my bag... Could I get my bag sooner than if I arrived at 1 p.m. and check my bag at that same person?
1: Totally depends on the, the volume of luggage being turned in at one time. It, there's no promise on how quickly your bags go to your room.
0: Okay.
1: It, you just got to be very patient uh, you got. You should give it at least two hours time minimum for your bags to show up at your room.
0: And when it comes to disembarkation, you know, the night we all dread, the night the cruise is about to end and you put the luggage um, outside your door, that is collected. Now, is that basically the same process, but in reverse, it goes to a marshalling area exactly. put into crates?
1: It's done in reverse. You, uh, just the most the, 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 the important thing is uh guests should have their bags outside their rooms by no later than ten thirty. The larger the ship, the earlier the time that they tell you. Like 11 o'clock is like on larger ships like Oasis of the Seas and Anthem, or on Norwegian Breakaway, any of those massive vessels. But if you're on a smaller vessel like Voyager of the Seas, or on Norwegian Gem, or on Queen Elizabeth. I mean, those are smaller ships, they'll tell you midnight because there's less people to deal with.
0: Makes sense because like on Quantum of the Seas, you could have, what, seven or 8,000 pieces of luggage, whereas a smaller ship, you could only have, what, maybe two or 3,000, 4,000 max?
1: I've seen Oasis where you have 15,000 pieces oh, of luggage, gosh. Doug. It's <laughs> a sea of bags.
0: That's crazy. So out of the three terminals, there's, though, which one is more efficient for getting your bags at the end of your cruise? I think. Cape Liberty
1: does a great job because it's it's just so fluid, and they handle it very well, very smoothly. Uh, you know, Manhattan and Brooklyn, those terminals are a little smaller, so when you have a large ship like Royal Princess or Norwegian Breakaway, I mean, Norwegian Breakaway is twice the size of the terminal itself. It's, it's like an elephant in a shoebox. So, uh, they it takes a while for the luggage to get screened and sorted in such a small spot, as opposed to Cape Liberty, where the staging area is a bit bigger, and they can and they can process the luggage a lot faster. Even I, though Pier 18 in Fort Lauderdale is built for the Oasis and the Allure and those massive ships, but yeah. but Cape Liberty is built to handle Quantum and the Anthem and the Oasis, which is coming back. Um, next May and we're gonna and uh, the freedom of the seas is expected to be in Bay Allen this winter.
0: Yeah I cannot wait till cruising gets started again once everything is uh, safe to do so. Obviously David you're a cruise line fan and a cruise fan what is it like experiencing the terminal as a passenger because you know all the ins and outs of everything.
1: It's always great to be part of the, uh, the experience when you're a passenger versus being a staffer. Uh, it's, it's kind of like being two people at one time. Uh, it, but the most important thing I want you to know, I want everybody listening to understand being a staffer, there's a rule that I have to follow. I cannot check in family members. I can have a colleague of mine check in my family. But i cannot check in my own family if there's a rule against it i can check in a dear friend of mine so those are some of the things i want people to understand uh there are some fine rules i have to follow there the other part about working on the shore staff is when you know a ship inside and out week after week you know what goes on on board you know all the questions asked week week in and week out And when you're a staffer and when you're a passenger all at the same time, you get to really appreciate what you do. And when you know the ship inside and out, week after week, week in and week out, and you know what questions are asked of you, you know what the activities are, you know where kids can go when they have their their kid activities, when you know the answers time in and time out you begin to appreciate the job even more as as time passes.
0: David, how does this work? And you might not be able to speak much on this, but sometimes when the ship docks, you see police cars waiting out next to the ship, and then you see sometimes people taken off the ship in handcuffs. Like, are they running warrants on the manifest when people are on the ship, or is that from someone who might have been misbehaving on their voyage?
1: Oh, it happens, Doug. People do misbehave on a cruise. <laughs> I can't really open up on that, but there was one time uh, I was working in Manhattan, and uh, a guest was wanted for credit card theft. The ship staff was very vigilant of of this guest's behavior. He was trying to steal credit card information from fellow guests on board. Wow, okay. And uh during disembarkation when the guests were passing through customs, the the C B P officers were on board, they were processing some of the guests on board, and when they were looking for this particular guest who was wanted, uh reported for his action on board, uh when when the guest saw them, he made a run for it. And he jumped off the ship from, from deck three, jumped into the river, oh, and he swam across the Pier 92 across the way. But he got, he got caught anyway at his home in Philadelphia later on in the day.
0: Wow. You can't make that stuff I, up. I, that is a story I love telling. It's wild, man. People, uh, it takes all kinds. Well, in closing here, David, what is your favorite cruise line and why?
1: It's got to be Royal Caribbean because they have activities on board for everything. And everyone, uh, my personal favorite, my personal favorite event on board, is the is the Men's International Belly Flop Competition, in which I've won third place once and second place twice. <laughs> okay.
0: All right, we've been talking with David Crisso. If you want to check out his site, it's dektraveljournal.com. I'll also link that up in the show notes as well. Um, he has a really good article kind of outlining what the new virtual muster drill is going to be like. So check that out, David. As always, it's good talking to you, my friend. It's been a couple of years since we've seen each other. Hope to see you again soon. And thanks for coming on the show this weekend.
1: My pleasure. Take care of yourself.
0: That'll do it for this weekend's episode of Cruise Radio Rewind. It's back to reality. I was on that 16 day road trip out to Yellowstone. That was 2,800 miles each way I drove with the camper. It was so awesome, though. And then uh, I was home for four days, then went on a three-day mountain biking trip out to Salt Lake City. So reality is hitting me hard, man. But I'm I'm here, and we're getting through it. If you have a listener question, Doug at cruiseradio.net. Listener questions, comments, always happy to answer whatever you have. A little backlog now because of my travels, but I look forward to answering your questions in the coming week or so. Uh, Just give me a little time. I promise I'll get to you, though. With that said, protect yourselves and your neighbors. Talk to you on Thursday. Take care. During
1: these difficult times for the travel industry, Cruise Radio stands behind the men and women who work so hard to bring our vacation dreams to life. From the captains and crew to travel agents, tour operators, vendors, and port employees, we offer a sincere thank you on behalf of the thousands of guests whose lives you impact each and every day.